Telling a story that is both realistic and relatable sometimes takes a dynamic duo. And Megan Wagner-Lloyd and Michelle Mignotto is that duo behind the new graphic novel, Allergic. Welcome to Amongst the Books, a podcast for kids, by kids, and yes, adults too. We were thrilled to welcome and get to know Megan and Michelle and to talk to them about their collaboration. Don't worry, no one sneezed during the interview, but we did have a lot of giggles. We hope you enjoy. Welcome everybody to Amongst the Books. We are very honored to have with us today um, Michelle Mee and Megan Wagner-Lloyd, um, the creative duo behind the new book by Graphics, Allergic. It is very fun, heartwarming, and just downright like enjoyable to read. Um, so I'm going to step back and let my budding students, reporters, take it away. So ladies, you guys are up. Whoever wants to go first, go for it. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to talk with you. <laughs> We're really excited. <laughs> All right, guys, so go on. Whoever wants to ask a question, go for it. Go for it, Sophia. I'll start off basic. Mm -hmm. So basically, how did you two meet and like decide you want to write a book together? Oh, this is a funny story, actually. <laughs> um, I think it's one of my favorite stories that we talk about. Uh, I actually was graduating from MassArt and I entered in a student competition to the Society of Children Books Writer and Illustrator Conference. And that's where I met Megan's agent who had the first few chapters of Allergic and she really wanted to pair us together. And I was on the plane from LA to Boston and I was reading the manuscript and the second I landed, I was like, yes, sign me up. I love this so much. And then we got together and started talking. What about your perspective, Megan? Yeah, so for me, I had written like the beginning of the book and um, my agent who helps me sell the books, she was like, why don't we try to find an artist who's interested in teaming up on this? Like, cause sometimes you'll sell a manuscript if you're a writer without um, like working with the artist, like the publisher will pick the artist. But um, my agent had the idea, let's try to like team up beforehand. So I was like, okay, that sounds fun. And we're both kind of like looking around at artists and not really finding anything that seemed like it would work. And then it, I actually found the email recently where um, my agent had met Michelle, emailed me like her website. So I went to look at her art and then I emailed back and I was like, yes, yes, yes. It's <laughs> like, please, I want to work with her. So we were both super excited. It kind of felt like magic a little bit. Yeah, because like, what are the chances, you know? <laughs> it is, it's like, it's funny because you hear about like, teams working together and how they come together so yours was just like a very it was it seems like very natural that it just it worked out that you guys blended so well together your styles and everything so yeah definitely it's very serendipitous <laughs> See, that's the word I was looking for and I can never say it I'm glad you did <laughs> it's one of those words I have a hard time saying <laughs> all right ladies who's next Ooh, Francesca, yes. So this is just a little bit of not really relating to the book Allergic, but do you have any emotional or personal connections that both of you have to Allergic? Or was it just like a fun novel that you wanted to write? 
Oh, that's a good question. Megan, do you want to kick this one off? Because you have yeah. definitely the personal side of things. <laughs> yeah, I'll start. So my initial inspiration was for this story is because I'm allergic to animals with fur feathers. And I have been since I was a kid. So I could never get a dog or any kind of like cuddly pet that I wanted. Um, so that is what really gave me the idea. Also actually um, talking to kids because I um, also have written picture books and I would go into schools to talk about them. And as a little like get to know the author thing, I shared some like facts about myself. And one of those was that I was allergic to animals. And I always found that kids were like, really interested in that whole idea and that a lot of kids had allergies of all kinds. And so that helped me see that it could actually make for an interesting book. Like for me growing up being allergic to animals, I wasn't like, wow, this would make a great book someday. I just thought, oh, this is kind of a boring thing about me. I don't get to get a dog or a cat. Um, but then after talking with kids, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting. I wonder if I could make a story, you know, inspired by these experiences. Yeah, for me, from my perspective, I was really attached to uh, Maggie and her friendship with Claire. I don't have allergies myself like Maggie does, but I had a lot of hard friendships when I was growing up and it was hard to fit in. I found it really, really hard to, you know, be as outgoing as Claire was. And I was always jealous of people who could be. And so I liked that dynamic and I liked really like playing with that. Yeah, their friendship definitely was a, a breath of fresh air for uh, the characters. I think both of them because one brought the free spirited side and then the other was able to bring a little more of the structure like no I have rules I have to follow and and that my father is just not going to say yes to everything so it was a great little dynamic the two of them together there they were a good pair so much like you two um all right Annabelle what do you got okay um so it's actually kind of funny because I um myself am allergic to animals um and it's been really difficult for me to ever get any type of pet. But besides that, um, do you know, I noticed that, um, that you were talking about the characters and if you um, gravitate to a specific character, do you relate to one more than the other? Ooh, that's a good question. If anything, I think I relate to Maggie as, aside from the allergies aspect of things. Um, just because, you know, when I was her age, I was more quiet and reserved and always felt a little bit different and kind of like the outsider looking at other people who, uh, you know, uh, could, do, could do more than I could. So I really related to that a lot. Yeah, I mean, I relate to Maggie with the allergies and then definitely in some other ways, like how she's always like really trying to um, you know, have these friendships, have these different connections, but always seems to come up against these obstacles. Um, but also I think I relate to like all the characters, like every single character has some little piece of me, you know, it's like, oh, like the parents are kind of like me as a parent <laughs> or like, you know, the each little, each of her friends, I feel like has some um, piece of me too. So it's like, I can see myself in everyone. <laughs> 
I, I love that about the cast of characters. They're really fun and very individual. And I like how they talk about their boundaries a lot. And I really, really like that. I like when stories can, you know, talk about the emotional side of things and voice, you know, what our boundaries are. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's funny because in the beginning, the twin brothers, you think they're going to be like this inseparable duo that will finish each other's sentences and don't see add blinders on to everybody else but then to hear one of them say like he's a bit much it's like <laughs> oh like okay <laughs> like you are a little bit different from each other perfect so i did like like all the characters really did stand out and have like a voice and a like a major like purpose to the story overall so it wasn't just like oh here's a character for you so all right ladies who's next so i was wondering because you're a team of two so did you guys run into any like challenges like working together where you had like maybe like a disagreement I honestly don't think so. <laughs> we, we got along so well from the start. Megan, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, we really haven't had anything like that. I mean, it's kind of funny because I normally would consider myself someone who is like better at individual projects. Like when there were like group projects in school, I would be like, no, I want to do it on my own. So <laughs> it's interesting. I wouldn't have expected that I would be like working as a team because I kind of just want to do my own thing lots of times. But yeah, it went really smoothly. And we also um, work with our editor. So when we need to do revisions and stuff, um, we have another person who's kind of helping guide the vision for the book and helping us both kind of see what needs to be done. So I think that does help too, rather than always being like critiquing each other's work, we have like another person to work with. But yeah, it went really well. So I mean, maybe we'll come up against that in the future, but we're good at talking to each other. So I think we can like communicate and work out anything that comes up. Yeah, communication is key. It, it certainly is. <laughs> Were you guys like bouncing ideas off of each other a little bit, like in how the illustrations went and maybe how like, um, did it affect like any of the storyline itself or like change how some of the story progressed a little bit based on an illustration? Like did that ever play a, a role in this? We were kind of formulating the character designs and the, uh, finalizing the manuscript kind of separately at the same time. Uh, and so I think they kind of informed one another what do you think, Megan? Yeah, I mean, it really depended on the stage of the project. Like we were, um, you know, like giving, a, sharing a little more stuff at the beginning and then we kind of had our separate tasks to do and then we're like working together again. So in revising it. So it kind of depended where we were at, whether we were like focused on our own task that needed to be done because there's so many steps to a graphic novel or whether we were, um like like working together with it right yeah I think it's like you know you hear like all of like what it takes to make a book and then make a graphic novel and then to work with a another member it it like I always feel like it, it could help alleviate some of the pressure that each per, or like an individual would have because now it's like okay I can focus more on this portion and then someone else can focus on this portion so 
like definitely knowing how much goes into making a book. It's, <laughs> it's an impressive task every time. <laughs> it truly is. It really is. I think it does help being a duo because you can be like both working on some part of it at the same time. Yeah. And so if you were just on your own, then um, you, you would probably have to add on a little more time to get the book done because you can't like <laughs> divide and conquer like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It does help dividing and conquering. It does help. Um, you have someone who knows exactly what you're going through too. And it's your project together. There's that teamwork and camaraderie with that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just a sense of accomplishment at the end and you get to share that with somebody too. So it's like, look what you were able to create together. This yeah. was like something that you both felt passionate about and you were able to make this beautiful book in the end, so. All right, ladies, who's next? Go, Francesca. Go. I noticed that throughout the book, there really isn't a lot of dialogue or a lot of speech bubbles on the page. It's pretty minimalist, even with the narration. So would you say this book was geared towards an older audience, like 13, 14, 15, or because there's not so much dialogue, it's really for anybody? What do you, what do you think, Megan? I mean, I think the publisher says eight to 12 or maybe they said like third grade to seventh grade I think actually so but I think you know with I do think a kid who's pretty young could read it because you know Maggie the main character she's 10 she's in fifth grade so it doesn't get into a lot of maybe some of the older themes that like are starting to happen in middle school um, it's still very much like an elementary school story. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of younger kids will just look through graphic novels, even if they can't read them, because <laughs> they can really kind of tell a lot of the story just from the pictures. And like you said, there, there's like more pictures than there is text. So they can um, really understand a lot of what's going on just by the pictures. <laughs> I had a lot of fun uh, with with our with our panel structure and the way the how some pages were a bit more text heavy, but then there were some pages, as you were saying, Francesca, it was really simplified and pared down. It allowed for the full range of emotions for all the characters, I think, to express because a lot of times nonverbal communication and understanding what that looks like and what that feels like is really important to have in books because sometimes you don't have the words, you just don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like, so, like in, in life in general, like sometimes you just, you don't know what to say sometimes. And you almost kind of wish that there was like, like, can you just go off of what I'm looking like right now? The confused look on my face or the happy look on my face. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's sometimes you don't need the dialogue to help tell the story. Um, and then sometimes the dialogue really does help propel the images even more so we dive deeper into it so it's definitely a, a an interesting genre graphic novels and that's I think why I like them so much so I'm biased I love them I know <laughs> I really so am I just I, I have a stack of them that I'm still like just pouring through it's just like I keep buying them more than anything else <laughs> um okay Annabelle go um so when it comes to character design how did you come up with um, the main character's design? Because I realized also like the hair too almost has this type of gel type. It's actually really cool. So I wanted to 
understand what was your character design process? Yeah, uh, I'm really glad that you like them. I, I guess I sat with the manuscript and I started just sketching just whatever I, I was thinking of. Um, and for me, a weird thing that I'm realizing is this year, this past year, I don't see things visually like in my mind's eye. So a lot of the thinking needs to go on the page. And I was thinking of Maggie's character and her, like, she's shy, but she's also persistent and she's strong. And I wanted some, I wanted her features to, you know, embody that, even if she couldn't embody it with, you know, her words or um, her personality, I wanted her to feel like a strong character. And as I was thinking about the people in my life that I care about, and there are all these strong women that, I, that are in my life, I really wanted to take little bits and pieces of the people that I love and put them into my characters. Aww. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, who's next? Sophia, I know you got one. Yeah. So have you guys ever like looked at like what people say about your book and like reviews on like Amazon or Barnes and Noble? Uh, we did <laughs> the, the night of right after our event, we were talking uh, and I, I hope you don't mind me spilling the tea a little bit, Megan. But um, we, we went on Goodreads and we were going through the page together and we were just excited that people were finding the book and identifying with Maggie. And that, that at the end of the day, that's the most important thing that kids with allergies will have a book that you know resonates with them. Yeah, I, I always hear authors who are like, oh, I don't read reviews, but I'm like too curious, you know? I'm like, I want to know. Um, so yeah, I definitely like read. And, but, you know, I really don't expect everyone to love every book. Like I can look up some books I love and other people hate them mm. or they just didn't connect with them. Like every book can't be for every person. So even if there's someone who doesn't like it, I don't like, I'm okay with that because I know that there's another person that it was like just the right book for. Right. So it's good to, you know, at first you can be like, oh no, they didn't like it. But then you just like look up another book you love and it's like, oh, some people didn't like that one too. Like you, no book can be for every person. So, and it is really heartwarming to hear people who, who are really connecting with it. Cause you feel like, wow, I'm like, I, I can't believe I like put something out into the world that people are connecting with. It's great though. I mean, like, cause I did, I did a little reading myself to see what people were saying and everything I've read, like everyone has like such positive things to say about it. And for the same reasons why I'm liking, I've liked it so much because yeah, you're touching upon a subject that we don't see a lot. Like we don't, we, everyone has like someone in their life who's allergic to something or the classroom. We, I mean, guys, we see it, you know, like there's a, a child allergic to something and we're all aware of that, but that's never really out there, written out there or shown in a way. And if it is, it's just like a little side note, like, oh yeah, they're allergic to peanuts or something like, okay, you know? Um, so to have a book like this, it really does. It speaks to those kids that probably feel like, oh, hey, that's me. Like, that's what I go through. So it, it was a great little addition to the world. <laughs> all right, ladies, who's next? Francesca, go. 
So usually when I think of a graphic novel, I think of like a comic book, something that's happy, has a lot of action. So it's really interesting to see um, a graphic novel that's more um, like quieter, sadder. It has a more sadder note to it because usually they're happy and upbeat. And I noticed especially in the beginning when Maggie found out she had this allergic, um, she was allergic to animals. Um, it was a very emotional point in the book. And would you say that, that that you were trying to make the reader feel feel the same emotion the way you did when you found out you had an allergy to animals? Did you even if they didn't have an allergy, is that what you wanted them to feel? Yeah, that's exactly right. Like my goal for the first scene, you know, where she goes to the shelter and she is about to get the pet and then she can't. My goal was all in one like experience to help readers feel like what it feels like to not, you know, to be allergic to animals. I, um, for most people who are allergic to animals, it doesn't all happen in, you know, like that, but they have all these feelings throughout their lives about it. And I wanted for, people who don't have that experience to just really quickly dive in to like understanding what that can feel like. Um, and then about the kind of that the book does have some sadness in it, like you were saying, that was one of the reasons why I wanted her, um, her little brothers to be really silly, because I didn't want things to get too heavy. Um, and also to have some kind of silly things um, with like the pet quests and some things that brought some lightness to it. So it didn't feel like the themes were always getting like too heavy um, just to have some, you know, they're always up to something in the background and all. <laughs> so um, that was my goal with bringing in some of those other elements was to help it um, to give you a break sometimes from like the like more emotional feelings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it really like, yeah, like it, it you knew like, I, you kind of knew it was coming like, oh no, like she's gonna be, she's gonna be allergic to the dog. And then you just see it start to spiral into everything. And you're just like, oh, oh no, what is, what's gonna happen to her? <laughs> Like, and I start to like, feel like I start to get anxious. I'm like, oh no, like, please let her find something she can play with. Like she can call her own pet. <laughs> I was want to say like, get her a rock, get her a pet rock from the seventies <laughs> quick. Oh, it's so funny that you said that. Cause I was just did this like, um, interview with this radio show and they were like, you know, we had a veterinarian on who recommended that kids start out with taking care of a pet rock <laughs> and like as a first step to see if they could care for something. And they're like, maybe you need to get a pet rock. I was like, maybe I do. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> something inanimate, you know. <laughs> All right, Annabelle, go. Okay, so this was mentioned earlier um, that the book didn't have much dialogue. And the expressions were exaggerated, but uh, subtle actually at the same time. Was it difficult to make sure that readers could understand what the characters were feeling? I think for the drawing part, it, it 
it was kind of easy for me to get there because Megan did such a wonderful job of describing the scenes and kind of describing what she was thinking the characters were feeling. And then every time I have a manuscript that's like this, what I found helps is acting it out myself and trying out different emotions and kind of feeling what that feels like on my face. And um, in order to catch subtleties, kind of really embedding as much true to life emotion, like looking at a mirror and seeing what my face does when I feel sad or looking at other people and seeing their emotions um, in the subtle ways that they do. Like when we're surprised and our eyebrows arch sometimes, like depending on the you know extremity of the surprise, you could react differently. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really think you could be like an actor, Michelle, you, that, cause it's like, you really know how to, like, for me, it's like, my face doesn't always like translate to what my emotion is. Like I might be making an expression I think is like sweet and someone thinks something's like wrong, you know, but I was like seeing the way you illustrated allergic that it was like, yeah, like the emotions are really shining through in their expressions. So I'm like, maybe you're kind of like the actor for all the characters. <laughs> That's kind of what it feels like. Um, I was like pacing around my room, like pretending I was a little kid, like the twins and like, what would they do? Like, how would they throw a ball even? Hey, you're, you're getting into the character. That's what it is. You're getting into their mind state, their emotions. So, hey, if it, if it works, go for it. I mean, that's... And it's fun. It's fun to pretend for a little bit. <laughs> and I like that you're saying like stuff with like, like with the eyes and everything, because I feel like, especially where we are with today, where we're all wearing the masks and everything, mm -hmm. and we're telling how we are feeling with our eyes, I have to keep reminding myself that when I'm wearing sunglasses, nobody can see that I'm smiling at them. <laughs> so I have to like, remember this, that my eyes are telling all the emotion right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. So to see that in the books and in the characters, yeah, it, you get so much just from those, from those eyes, so. All right, Francesca, go for it. Or, or Sophia, Francesca, whoever goes, go. <laughs> okay, I'll go. So for each of you, what does like a typical day at work look like? Like, do you sit down knowing that you're going to write like 10 pages? Hmm. What about you, Megan? I'll go after so you. So for me, then I usually, I so I'm like a work at home parent. So I don't usually have a really strict schedule because I find that there's always something going on that I need to like work around. <laughs> um, so I, what I try to do instead of having like, I need to um, work from this time from this time um, is to have like task goals. Like I'm going to write this chapter today or um, I have, I like write down each thing I need to get done and put it on like a sticky note. And I have like a wall of sticky notes I like have a calendar and I give myself like stars for getting my writing done each day. So I have all these things that help because I don't feel like I get a ton done in like one day. I have all these strategies I use to help me see the big picture and that I'm slowly getting work done on things. Um, and I also do, I work on like 
several different projects at once, usually at different stages. Like I might be writing something for the first time, but also revising something else or like with right now with allergic doing like events and things. Um, so that also helps me um, figure out like the balancing of everything and where I'm at with each project. I like the gold stars. I do a thing where I have a, a, my bullet journal and I will set my top priorities for the day. And um, I'll kind of do this week by week where I'll set like a major task list and kind of break it down even by small bits, um, like even down to read the first 10 pages of the next book and stuff like that. Um, because that helps me figure out and plan ahead. Like I need that structure. So for me, I need a bit more of a schedule. I don't always stick to it. It, but it's very task oriented and if I can complete most of my tasks then I get to play Animal Crossing at night. <laughs> I have some small incentives so that's my gold star but um, a lot of it is um, there, there are no goals for me until I start to um, get into like inking phases for the books. Uh, that becomes more of a, I need to get three pages done today or the book's not going to get done. Um, so, but with drawing, it can be more fluid. It can be more fun throughout my day. Yeah, I do the same thing where I'm breaking things down into like the smallest steps possible. Like if I want to start a new project, one of my steps, like on a sticky note might be like, write down all thoughts about project or like think about project, <laughs> or, you know, because it's going to take a lot of steps before I even get to like writing the first draft. Um, so, and also it just makes me feel, you know, like the feeling of crossing something off a to-do list, you finally got something done. So if I, if I make each step really small, then it's like, I feel that great feeling of getting things done more often. Yeah, that, that motion of striking through an item on my list is like one of my little like guilty. I'm like, I love it. It is one of my favorite things. And it is like, I'm like, I just accomplished something. I can go have a cookie now. Like, that's what I <laughs> like. I, I just finished something big. I need it. I need rewards right now. So I, but I can totally see how you need to like break everything down, especially when it comes to like creating and writing and everything and illustrating that, it could, it could be a lot on your plate all at once. So to be able to break it down that way really does help keep you focused and keep you in the mind state of like the, even that character, that story, so. Yeah, definitely. All right, Francesca, go. Okay, so this is more about the graphic design. In the, in the panels in the story, I noticed that there's a full range of colors um, from greens to reds to um, yellows. Would you say that the color you chose for the panel, whether or not it's light or dark, goes along to what is being said in that panel? Like the emotion that you would like to have behind the words? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, tried to play around with that. I think that uh, color can bring out a lot of emotions too and help uh, you feel the way that I guess like I'm trying to direct with the characters that the characters are feeling. So like I always found of course like the brighter more intense colors, the reds, the oranges were more of an urgency kind of feeling. Um, the greens and the yellows were kind of an excitement but also like a more like mellow kind of um, I would say like 
foundational building kind of color and so like and so on I think my favorite pages to color were the scenes where Maggie is um sleeping and she can't fall asleep um and so she's counting sheep <laughs> I loved playing around with those nighttime colors because those are my favorite colors <laughs> that's so cool like I guess I never thought of it like what like a color scheme a color palette that you seem to like more when it especially when it's working with such a color forward like colorful book too so yeah it's that's always stuff I love to hear about so. I think for our next book I want to really push the color a bit more um it, it's interesting when you make something digitally because that that's what I use to make the book and then uh different color profiles from digital to print and things like that so uh it's gonna be fun for the next one learning all of the process <laughs> oh wow can't wait to see what that looks like then <laughs> All right, Annabelle, go. This is a quick one, but um, what software do you use? Oh, uh, Procreate and Photoshop. I actually used a lot of Procreate and my iPad for majority of the book. I was very surprised. Um, Procreate just allowed me to uh, do more uh, with limiting my tools, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. I don't know if any of y'all have uh, played around with Photoshop at all, but it is just so many options. And then I get decision scared and I don't know what to pick. <laughs> I have hard enough time trying to go through the filters on my phone for when I'm doing an Instagram <laughs> post. So I can only imagine what you have to face when you are selecting stuff in Photoshop like that. Oh, but, oh, but nothing beats pencil and paper for me. Uh, I, I have tons of sketchbooks I collect them but sometimes I get too scared to use them because they're so pretty and so with this book I just grabbed spare computer paper and just went to town and it was a lot of fun to see it all out because digital you can't really do that right so Megan let me ask you when it comes to writing and your process of writing um since this has such like a, uh, it, this hits close to home for you, Allergic. Were any of the other characters like based on people that you knew? And like, when you start coming up with an idea, are you like scribbling it down like right away on anything? Or do you have like, you know, a process in which you go through your writing style? So with the characters then, um, let's see, I don't think anyone was based well you've all read the book right yeah okay so uh, well I guess not everyone listening will but the new member of the family mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the book um that kind of experience was and that character was you know um based on one of my siblings and then um the the little brothers were, the family isn't really like mine. My, I was from a bigger family and just like the ages and everything, it doesn't, it doesn't match up. But, um, but the, I do have this like really sweet little brother. Um, like he is, he was like really wild when he was little, but then he also had this like super sweet side. Mm. So you can see that like the scene that um, Michelle was talking about where um Maggie and Liam have that like moment of connection then that was kind of drawing on it it's not like he's like exactly like my brother but I was kind of drawing on like a 
you know, his character in that he would be just kind of wild and all over the place, but then he also was just like, and still is just like such a sweetheart. (laughs) Um, And then I, let's see, I forgot the second part of your question. When it comes to like your writing process itself, like, so when you start, you just have like an idea that you're just like, oh, and you start to maybe write down some, like an outline of a story or does like like a scene maybe just come to you and you build it off of that, like. Yeah, so I'm kind of like an idea collector. So I just have like notebooks full of ideas. I have like, you know, I'll start a new like um, document on my computer with ideas. And so, but I never know like what ideas I'll, like you can have the first initial idea, but then you really need more than that, you know, to build a whole book. So I never really know which of my ideas I'm going to like be able to build up. So many of them, I think, oh, wow, that's a great idea. But then I never really get any further with it. Um, So I always even, I try to not like um, reject ideas, like even if it seems really silly or, weird that I'm like oh okay well it's one of my ideas and then I just never really know what I'm gonna get further ideas for definitely with allergic like I was saying I didn't initially think like wow my allergies are so interesting I should make a book inspired by that like I just didn't think that but then once I had the idea then I slowly got more and more ideas for it and I'm like okay I think I can actually try to do this and that's the way it usually goes is that some of the ideas are like a magnet and are just like drawing more to them and other ones they'll just probably be you know in a folder on my computer forever and that's okay <laughs> yeah. yeah and you can always come back to them whenever you need to too so definitely <laughs> all right miss annabelle okay so what are your um what do your like relatives and members what do they think about this novel uh, mine are so excited. I get <laughs> block texts from my mom every single day, just like being like, oh, I'm so proud of you. And just like so supportive. Um, and everyone else is really excited. Um, and we actually do have a family friend and more family friends are being like, finally a book about kids with allergies. We've been waiting for this. And so it, it's been nice to have a book now that can touch so many of the people closest to my life. They're, they're so excited about it though. <laughs> As they should be. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my family and friends have been really great. They're always really supportive of my writing, even before I was um, like ever getting anything published. And yeah, just a lot of excitement from everyone. My dad was telling me, oh, you should have given me credit for the book because I gave you the allergies. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Trying to get his name on that. That's That's right. (laughs) But a big shout out to dad then. Okay. Allergies, way to go. (laughs) All right. Um, So like I said, I don't want to take up a lot of everyone's time today. So we will do one more question from each of our budding reporters here. Okay. Um, Sophia, go for it. I was wondering, um, like, how did you name your characters and did they have like any special meanings or like named after anybody important? Um, well, I always liked the name Maggie. So that one just, 
Um, I was excited about that one from the start. And then for characters, I'm not always trying to think of like my favorite names of all time or like what I would name my kids. What I'm trying to do is um, make sure that the names are really different from one another. Um, so like, since her name is Maggie, I don't want her best friends or siblings to have a name that ends with E. I want it to be easy for the reader to like always know who's who and what's going on with the characters. So I'd sort of like start with maybe a couple names that I wanted to pick and then um, kind of, and am guided by those into what options I have for the other names because I want to make sure that they all kind of are distinct from one another. Um, so I didn't name. Um, so yeah, no one is like named after anyone, um, but that's kind of how I developed the character names. That was a really good question. I liked that question a yeah. lot. Yeah, I'm telling you, these guys, like I, I tell them all the time, I am so impressed with their questions because they ask stuff that I would never think of. <laughs> they're, they're so creative. I'm, I'm loving them so far. I actually have a question for the, all of you, actually. It, it turned the tables a smidge. I'm curious to know what you guys are reading right now. Like, what are your, what are your favorite books? And this is not like a, a, a trick. Um, <laughs> to say allergic. It's a allergic. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm curious. I want to, I want to go out today and buy books that you guys love and recommend. <laughs> so go for it, guys. Go, Francesca. So I'm going to be honest. Um, I love graphic novels, but they were never like my always first pick. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. So I mean, a book series that I found love with last year was a series of unfortunate events. I read all 13 books. They're really, really good. The Harry Potter series. Those are amazing. And I recently finished a book for school called The Maze Runner. It was really good in the second book and they were really good. They're like dystopias. So there's like they're like quirky and weird, but they're they're really detailed and they're they're eerie and they're not informative like a series of unfortunate events. So I think that's why I I gravitated towards them too. I'll have to check out Maze Runner. What about you guys? Um, I'm reading a book series called The Lunar Chronicles because we have an upcoming um, interview with that author, Marissa Meyer. Yeah. That's awesome. I've read those ones. Those are good. Yeah, they were they were good. And now they came out with a graphic novel format. Oh, of it. Yeah. So I kind of mm. want to check those out and see how, because like all the books that they're talking about right now, the imaging that I had in my head is so like distinct and so like I see these characters. So whenever I see like, oh, we're making this into or it's being moved into a graphic novel format, I'm like, I wanna see what they, like, what do they come up with? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's kind of like when they make a movie out of something, you're like, how are they gonna translate it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Annabelle, what are you reading right now, kid? Um, so I like all books, honestly, but personally my, Favorites, I always um, I always gravitated more towards uh, graphic novels because um, I'm more of a visual learner. Um, currently, I'm reading a lot of mangas, um, but uh, when it comes to like great uh, traditional books, I really like the Percy Jackson 
series and as well as series and portrait events. It's a really good series. Ah, those are good ones. Oh, what mangas are you reading? Uh, right now I have My Hero Academia. <gasps> I started watching the show. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they, thanks for humoring me, guys, with my question. <laughs> I'm always curious to know what everyone's reading. <laughs> Yeah, I always like seeing, because these guys, I always ask them too sometimes. I'm like, what are you guys reading right now? Like, what should I be reading? Because clearly I'm not up to date enough. Um, and I want to keep up with what I, like what I should be having on the shelves at all times. So. It's hard when you read books because there's so many new ones coming, or like when you love reading, there's so yeah. many coming out all the time and you're like, I can't keep up. I know. And that's why it's like, I've, I've gone to a lot of audiobooks too. So oh yeah, me too. With my drive, it like it totally helps. I like zone out on the audiobook and forget that I'm speeding. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Francesca, go with a question. So throughout the story, I noticed that a multitude of ethnicities was used. Um, all different races would would you say that you decided to not generally stick to one race because you wanted this to be a book for everyone, no matter what they look like or whatever their race was, that no matter it would resonate with them inside and it, it wouldn't there wouldn't be any discriminancy? Definitely. Uh, I, I would say it wasn't like, as weird as it's going to sound, it wasn't an active choice. I just... I, my life is so filled with so many amazing people that inspired a lot of the look of the characters. And um, I remember when I was growing up, I grew up in a very, very white town and I'm adopted and I came from a mixed family. And so like, while I do have ties to my ethnicity, I feel very westernized, if that makes any sense. Um, so I really wanted to have a cast of characters that you could tell that they were a different ethnicity, but it wasn't their full story. It was a, a unique part of them. And I wanted the the world to kind of reflect the world that I, I want to see and I want to be a part of. And that's just so many people. <laughs> it really is. The world is colorful. So yeah. all right, Miss Annabelle. Hi, so I'm actually gonna, this is the last, or the last question, but uh, we always ask this question, me and another person who's not in this meeting right now, but um, this is for both you guys. What are your zodiac signs, if you know? <laughs> Go ahead, Megan. I think I'm Aquarius, um, which I've never really followed any of that, but I have always thought it was cool because I've always loved, um, because I don't even know if Aquarius is associated with like ocean stuff, but it sounds like aquarium to me. And I've always loved ocean animals since I was little. And so I, I feel the connection there, even though I don't know anything else about it. <laughs> uh, and I am a Taurus through and through. Uh, I am very, very stubborn, and I can be very bullheaded when I want to be, and um, I love, some of the funny things about astrology that I love, like, I love one of the Taurus attributes is loving food, or, like, things around food, and like, I'm constantly thinking about my next meal, even while I'm eating my current one. <laughs> astrology is very fun. Same here from another Taurus. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, well. 
I just yes. snacked on something and I'm wondering what I'm trying to figure out what I'm ordering for dinner tonight. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really funny. Um, I think we both have the same birthdays. Um, yeah. But yes, I am a Taurus as well. Yeah. Oh, when, when are your birthdays? Mine's May 3rd. 4th. Oh. On <laughs> May 4th too. <laughs> So, feel the friendship for me. Exactly. <laughs> Annabelle and I always say to each other, may the fourth be with you. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I have one final question for you guys. Um, we have a lot of budding artists and writers out there in the world. What is something that you would like to impart to them in their journey towards writing or just being in that creative space? You want to go ahead, Megan? Yeah, um, I would just say that it's pretty easy to feel like um, that it doesn't really matter if you do that or not. Like it's easy to feel like what you do isn't important or there's like so much, so many people with so much talent and it's can easy to like compare yourself to them. But I think that if you really love doing that if you really love doing creative things, if you love art or writing, then like that does matter. And um, you have your own unique perspective you can bring um, to your work and to the world. And that's really special. So I would just say, you know, keep trying and everyone gets discouraged. But um, if that's something that you really love, then you can just keep doing that because you love it. I, like I agree wholeheartedly. I think if you love doing something, then you cannot go wrong. And especially now, I, I am I feel really fortunate that we have things like Instagram and Twitter, but at the same time, young artists, I feel like compare themselves a lot and feel like they need to follow a trend. And I say, follow what you love. Don't worry about, you know, followership or what people like think of your work just do it for yourself and if it's coming from a genuine place and you practice then it's going to be well received exactly yes I like that I like what you guys are saying there um so uh, allow me to say thank you so much for joining us today and letting us pick your brain and talk about this uh, like loving book I I mean I I've been telling everybody they need to pick this up. Um, so I really just wanna say thank you so much for your time today and for putting such a great piece of work out there in the world, so. Thank you so much for having us. It was so nice to sit and chat with all of you. And now I, I have to go out and buy some books. I need to <laughs> get to reading and rereading. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. The questions were so good. I know, right? They're yeah, good. I agree. Thank you so much. The questions were really excellent. Um, even made me think about some of things in a new way with the book. And yeah, it was just so great talking to you guys. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing what you guys are bringing out there in the future and we will be the first ones in line to pick it up. So um, good luck with everything that you are working on. And um, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us. And thank you to Megan and Michelle for being so open with us. You can follow Megan on Instagram at Megan Wagner Lloyd. And you can follow Michelle on Instagram at buttersketch and on Twitter at buttersketch underscore. 
You can find Allergic at your local bookstores or through your Scholastic book clubs. Follow us on Instagram at Amongst the Books Podcast and on Twitter at Amongst the Books underscore podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. And be sure to rate and review us and share us with all of your friends. Our music was written, produced, and recorded by Jake Thistle. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep reading.